Explore the history, relationships, expertise, and data that go into ensuring Stein growers get maximum yield potential. This is the Stein Seedcast. Here's your host, David Thompson. Hello, and welcome to the Stein Seedcast. I'm your host, David Thompson, National Marketing and Sales Director for Stein Seed Company. We've got another great episode lined up with special guests, expert insights, and discussion on everything you need to know about maximizing yield potential. On today's episode, our special guest is the current Iowa FFA State President, Sam Martin. Welcome to the show, Sam. Yeah, thanks, David. I'm glad to be on. So Sam is originally from Imogene, Iowa, where he grew up on his family's row crop and cattle farm. Before becoming state president, Sam attended Shenandoah High School, and he was a member of the Davis Rogers FFA chapter. In high school, Sam was also involved in 4-H, student council, National Honor Society, fire cadets, cross country, and basketball. As Iowa FFA president, Sam helps guide the state officer team as they work to represent the nearly 260 chapters across the state and organize the state's annual leadership conference. We look forward to learning about Sam's background in ag and all about FFA in this episode of the Stein Seedcast. So let's get started. So Sam, to get us started, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm originally from Shenandoah, Iowa. So uh, for those that don't know where Shenandoah is, southwest part of Iowa, Fremont County area, Fremont Page County. Grew up on a row crop cattle operation. We've been always heavily involved with the farm. I've actually got younger siblings, three younger siblings that are involved with the farm and some cousins. So grew up there, went to high school there. Mom was actually my ag teacher. Um, and then, yeah, so nice. I, if you can imagine how that went, it, it was, <laughs> I was her worst student, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I, I have a lot of respect for what she does now. But yeah, I grew up in row crop cattle operation there. We started a custom ag business in 2019. So that, that's been expanding ever since I've actually left the farm some. And now, because now I'm in Iowa State, I'm a sophomore there studying agronomy and animal science. So. So I was going to ask you how you got your start in FFA, but it sounds like maybe that that was kind of a <laughs> foregone conclusion with the uh, FFA ag teacher in the house. Yeah. So my, my mom actually taught for a couple of years before uh, us kids were born, took about a 10 year break. And then when I was about sixth grade, she went back to teaching when all of us kids were back in school. And I, you know, kind of was always around it, fell in love with it. And it was kind of a natural fit from there. Yeah, sure, sure. So what things did you do, because obviously you're in college now, but in high school, what were the things you were involved with within FFA there at the high school level? Yeah, so a lot of local stuff. You know, we, as a Davis Rogers FFA chapter, we were very local oriented, community oriented, whether that be working with the local like Rotary Club, the Optimist Club, anything like that. Uh, We were involved in the school. We're actually the largest student organization in the school. Uh, FFA is a really big thing in Shenandoah. I think at the height when I was in there, we had 85 kids in the program, and for a small 2A school, that's 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 a lot of kids in the program. So I was very involved with that. I was served as an officer, um, helped with a lot of different, several committees, the fairs, did stuff with them. Was actually a district officer when I was in high school. So my junior and senior year, I served as the Southwest District Treasurer. So I was involved above the chapter level as well. But yeah, just a lot of everyday in and outs, um, developing my own SAE project, and that's where I really built my foundation to go further in the FFA was there the home chapter. So, yeah, it started out the home chapter. And then, you know, as you said, maybe a district role and then advancing to the state level. Mm-hmm. So 
talk to me a little bit about, you know, part of growing that. You have a great chapter there at home in Davis Rogers. And it occurs to me there's an interesting thing because even among a lot of these chapters, you have a lot of students who maybe don't have firsthand experience with the farm. And as you're trying to grow an organization like FFA, I think the natural progression is, oh, well, farm kids go out for FFA. But I know a lot of the work that FFA has done recently is to talk about, you know, broadening that that scope. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, how do you describe FFA to those students who maybe aren't familiar with, you know, maybe what FFA is or does? Yeah. So, and you bring up a good point there, David. I, I come from a rural community, you know, at Shenandoah is very rural, 4,500 people and 80% of the kids in our like ag program and in our FFA chapter actually did not come from like direct from a farm background. So you even see in those rural areas, you don't have like straight farm kid, that typical like kid that's been on the tractor since day one. That is not our demographic anymore. We are open to everyone. And that's because FFA doesn't just develop like the ag knowledge. It develops the career and technical skills that you need to succeed. I think we, especially in such a digital world and a world that has focused a lot on what you can learn, sometimes we lose the soft skills. And FFA is really good about teaching those soft skills. You know, how do you talk to somebody? How do you get a job interview? How do you do those kind of things? And FFA provides that avenue. And it also provides a lot of spots for kids to grow, you know, learn and make connections. That's a big thing is FFA wants to make connections, you know, with our community, with uh, representatives in the ag industry. And FFA has progressed more and more to push that image of, hey, we're for everyone, you know. No matter if you come from ag background, no matter if you um, don't, the only animal that you've ever dealt with is maybe a goldfish. Like, we are here for you, and there's a spot for you in FFA with one of our CDs, our LDs, just getting involved at a local level, you know. We want you to be a part of this organization, and we're open to everyone. And it's really neat to see, and traveling the state the last year or so, uh, or the last two years, actually, I have seen that every ag program is different, too, because they cater to that community. What does that community have? Like, living to serve is in our motto, and to live to serve, you got to know the people you're serving. So, you know, how, how can we make each ag chapter successful or FFA chapter successful and how can we make sure it's attuned to the needs of the students in that area in that school so and to your point I think what's interesting is uh, you know I had the opportunity to do some judging at the at at the at the local level and had a great conversation with uh, someone who teaches FFA for the Des Moines public school system Mm -hmm. um, you know which Des Moines being the largest public school system in in the state of Iowa uh, it was just interesting to me to hear about what agriculture or FFA is to that uh, yeah. school district versus, let's say, Shenandoah or, you know, other school districts. And, and the point being, there's a lot of ways that FFA can engage and interact with students. And I think that's fascinating. So you brought up, you traveled around the state, you've talked to a lot of folks and, and kind of related to that, I guess. What do you talk about FFA to maybe, again, a non-ag audience, not even students, but as you interact with folks in their communities mm-hmm. and try to describe what it is FFA is trying to do? How do you, how do you go about describing that to them? Well, I think at first you need to put, like, just makes a connection with your audience, right? You know, gauge that audience. And when we talk about FFA, you know, talk about, okay, do you guys think of some some organization throughout school or something that, that you gain some, you know, soft skills, technical skills, career readiness skills? And most, hopefully, everyone, especially if you're talking to audience that maybe not, not even as a high school level that is, like, a business level. Okay, you can see that. You, you've made that connection. They, they have some organization that's that to them. And you can say, well, FFA is 
the largest student organization. We are here not just for the cows, sows, plows, that kind of education. We are here for those technical educations and, you know, describing the things we do, what FFA members are, what projects they do. Agri-Science Fair we just had in Ames, you know, and that Agri-Science Fair has so many different branches that aren't directly tied to ag that, I mean, that's our future biologists, that's our future um, neurologists, scientists, those are those people. And you can see how that's beneficial, not just in the ag industry, but, you know, in the medical, whatever industry. So trying to make that connection. And it's just a, it's, FFA is such a place that anyone can grow and whatever you put into it, you're going to get out of it. And then I don't want us to get away from ag as well. Like we, we are an ag education organization. And I think it's sometimes scary to see people don't know where their food comes from, right? So for our chapter, we hosted a couple years, we hosted a group from inner city Chicago. They're anywhere from seventh to seventh graders to sophomores in high school. And they came from a very hands-on learning kind of school. And their teacher came from the Southwest Iowa area. And they asked, can we go see what Iowa's like, right? And when I tell you, like, the uh, they had never been out of inner city Chicago. They didn't even think we had running plumbing. I'm, I'm going to be completely <laughs> honest. They thought they had to bring a hole, bring a shovel to dig a hole to go to the bathroom and never seen gravel, like any of that. that but we showed them cattle and like, okay, here's a planter, how, how that works. And why, why do we do what we do in the ag industry and being an advocate for the ag industry? We had students that were being advocates from our chapter that don't come from ag backgrounds. But because of their time in a classroom, learning about ag education, getting the skills they have, knowing how to talk to people, they're able to be an advocate for themselves and for, and for what is all around them. Well, yeah, and, and, and that's a great point. Depending on where you are in the United States, your view is different of the food chain and, and ag in general. I know for our part at Stein, we've had a great opportunity through a mutual acquaintance to host uh, FFA leaders from the state of Florida yeah. uh, to come to Iowa. And that's always fascinating because, again, just talking about agriculture itself is different, you know, regardless, uh, depending on where you are. But then you're talking about a non-ag audience, a clearly non-ag audience. And we, you know, I think it's great what you're doing there to educate the public on where their food comes from and, and how we care for the land. So I think that's fantastic. It occurs to me that, you know, Sam, that you've progressed from, you know, your earliest days in FFA and, and come up through, you know, local leadership into district leadership and into state leadership. How has that, you know, FFA experience changed for you going mm-hmm. through those progressions from the local to now, you know, kind of being the leader of it all here this past yeah. year? I would say from the people that I've met, my view on what a true leader is, is really changed to that progression, you know. When I first got into FFA, it was, um, and you get this, you know, you're first in high school, very like competition oriented, like how do we win? How do we do this? What's that next achievement, right? When I got to the state level, by the time I got to the state level, I realized FFA is so much more about that service aspect that that's the really important piece to what FFA is, right? And my view on it is, and I was told this a long time ago by an officer that was older than me, as FFA members, we, we wear our own name on the front of our jackets, but more importantly, we wear our chapter name or who, or for me, like it's the Iowa Association name on our backs. And that is, that is because we serve, you know, that name is more important. The name that you have on the back of your jacket is more important than the name on the front of the jacket. And I've really tried to push that as, you know, traveling around the state, talking to FFA members, like we're here to serve. That is what our goal is community. When 
COVID came around and the school shut down and whatnot, Governor Reynolds let FFA chapters keep operating because they were giving back to their communities so much. They were helping keep their local communities functioning, whether it be through food pantry donations, you know, community gardens. So trying to emphasize that part of it is is a big deal. And I, I think as a state officer, that comes with stresses that maybe not everyone sees. But at the end of the day, if we can make the experience of one member better, then we've done our job as state officers. So, so you talk about the I'm sure there's challenges and opportunities with being state leadership. So yeah. I'm just curious, what do you wish uh, someone had told you about be, being a state leader that you that you didn't know at the time? <laughs> How much time you stare at a computer screen, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> uh, not, not the most technology-driven person, but uh, you see a lot of, like, especially when you're a high schooler, you see the state officers whatnot. You see him on the you know the big stage at Hilton Coliseum during convention. You see him at the conferences, right? They always bring this energy and fire and whatnot that it, it seems sometimes distant. Like, man, how do they do that? But now I, as I've gotten into this role, like they were just humans just like anybody else, right? And we, we've tried to, and I've tried to work with the officer team this year and whatnot, you know, trying to show people, that, you know, we are humans. Like we can just talk, like we can talk to you. You know, we want to know about your your interests and whatnot. And, you know, that I wish somebody had told me more that it's, you know, you're going to have your bad days. You're going to have your struggles. It's not always going to be great. You're going to have late nights, um, early mornings. The parts that aren't so glamorous are going to be the struggles, but in the end, it'll all make it all right. But yeah, I never knew how much you could do on a computer in one day until I was a state (laughs) officer. Well, and, and, you know, the thing that always fascinated me about that as well is, uh, you know, your, this is your first, first year at college, right? Uh, second, yeah. Second year. So you're in your first couple years of college and also assuming state leadership roles, you know, either one of those is a challenge in and of itself and and you're kind of doing both at the same time. So that's a lot of, (laughs) a lot of work. Now you mentioned, um, uh, state conference. So when this episode airs, uh, you'll be T minus one week. (laughs) <laughs> uh, to state conference, so yep. to put listeners kind of in the framework, this is this is kind of kind of zero hour for you and your team. Uh, talk about because I've attended, I've been there, uh, seen it. It's a great event for those who haven't experienced state conference. Describe that a little bit. What what goes on and what it means to you? Yeah. Well, first off, I'll go. Uh, I'll take the first part of that question. What goes on a state office or state conference? And I'm going to go from there. So state conference is like the culmination of the whole year kind of coming together for all of Iowa FFA. So this last couple months, we've done a lot of like sub-districts, district contests, kids competing, whether it be job interview, conduct of meetings, Parley Pro, all that. So that first half of like that Monday is a lot of like those competitions competing at the state level to figure that out, right? We want our members to be a part of that. We want them to compete. They want them to have fun. And then we recognize them on stage then when they win. So we have uh, four um, general sessions, so one Monday night and then three Tuesday, and that's where we recognize our members. You know, for all the hard work they put in, that's where we recognize sponsors too. Like all the all they've done to contribute to the FFA mission and what we want to do as an organization. So we want to recognize all those supporters, all those members, and then we also want uh, we also elect a new team at that time. That's our last session. And state conferences, like, really putting FFA on display right there in the middle of the state, Ames area, and 
letting the, them see everything we do. You know, we have 6,000 members, guests up there. So it's a big, big event. We have full access to a career and trade show that members can engage with different companies. You know, a lot of them are could be future employers if they stay in the ag industry, colleges, whatnot. So getting to see all that on display in one spot is pretty neat. And there's a lot that goes into it. You know, I've been working to put together a and again, thank you to all the state staff, like, but at, like state leadership conference staff um, of probably close to 50 people that work behind the scenes to try to get this to run, along with those that are like right on the front lines and the, the nine officers and whatnot. So we're trying to highlight all that FFA does in two days. And it, it's, it's a really, really fun event. Um, we, we see a lot uh, of great times, memories. And then for me personally, State convention is where some of my fondest memories are ever made. So I remember going when I was oh, I was eighth grader. We were competing in Ag Impact, and that was the first time I'd ever been to Hilton Coliseum. Like, a lot of these members, this first time they've been to Ames, Hilton Coliseum, whatnot. I remember walking in, and they were just starting the first general session, and they had a laser show going. They were shooting fire off the stage, and I was really like, man, what did I just walk into? Like, it was, it was a really, really neat event. And then – the progression of what state convention has meant through those years. So at first I was like right on the outside, like, wow, man, I want to be part of this someday. And then all the way up until like last year, helping put it on with my teammates and getting to retire with them on stage. And, you know, it, it's kind of a bittersweet moment. Like, you know, it, a lot of good work's gone into it, but, you know, it's kind of heartbreaking at the same time it's all over. So it, state convention having a more personal meaning at that point, as far as relationships and some of my best friends ever at that point And, then now we're here we are, and we're now the years come around. Uh, I've got about two weeks left in my FFA career, and it, state convention is is almost here, and trying to just soak it in while it's while it's still the season for it. <laughs> well, and it's neat to have those memories, and I, I would say having had the opportunity to attend state convention, you know, I've told folks before, if you ever worry about our future and our, and our next generation, just go to state FFA convention, general session, uh, the energy, the enthusiasm for agriculture is uh, so infectious and so exciting. Uh, it, it'll set your mind at ease. It's, it, it's a great event, great group of people, and and the work that uh, you and your team and everybody puts into it pays off because it is fantastic for all those students. How many, how many folks do you anticipate uh, at, at state convention? I mean, we're thinking north of 6,000 um, this year for sure will be at state convention. I'm hoping we can hit the 6,500 mark. We'll see how things turn out. Um, registration is pretty much closed. But we have a few more trickle in all the time. And uh, actually, we just hit over 19,000 members as an organization. So we keep growing that way as well. Um, yeah, so we're hoping for over 6,500. We'll see. Um, we want to pack the seats in Hilton. That'd be awesome. I don't know if Hickory Park can hold that many kids. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's a staple for a state convention. That's always, <laughs> is always full of blue jackets on those two days. So, <laughs> so you talked about crossing the threshold of 19,000 membership. Last year, we interviewed a couple of FFA instructors and uh, talked a little bit about their path in the schools and with FFA. And, and one thing that was interesting was they talked about the growth in the program, uh, not only growth within the school they were working with, but they also mentioned new chapters coming on. So, I mean, are you seeing continued growth in FFA? Oh, yeah. I mean, we've seen a lot more interest in it, you know, especially coming out of COVID. I, FFA being, you know, one of the only organizations, well, the only student organization that was able to operate through COVID. 
and that service aspect people really latch on to. We're pushing with our All Ag Ed initiative that every student in the state of Iowa will have access to ag education by 2028, so that, which will be the centennial celebration of FFA as an organization. Uh, this year alone, I think in Iowa, I, think, I believe it's nine new chapters we've added in just over 1,000 members or so. So we celebrated 18,000 members last year. We're at 19,000 this year. Sorry to revert back to COVID again, but we Iowa as a whole was only one was one of only ten states that grew in membership um, numbers through that COVID year. So, I mean, that's a hats off to Iowa to keep pushing through, and I think it's a testament to our ag roots and the tenacity Iowans have um, that you know we're going to continue to see growth. We're trying to push more for urban agriculture, urban schools. You know, Waukee started a program just a few years ago that's really taken off um, with a new resource center there. Um, we're pushing for places like Johnston. Um, Des Moines has theirs. Ames has one now. We want those kids that are in those schools to have access to ag education and FFA as a whole because it is it is important. And I think we'll continue to see growth over the next few years. I would not be surprised if we elapse 20,000 members next year, if not close to 21,000, because I know we do have another few FFA chapters that are looking to come on board again. And I don't know, there's about 320-some uh, school districts, I believe, in the state of Iowa. And we're hoping that, you know, by 2028, all those kids 100% got a- access to some kind of ag education. Major ho- hurdle we're going to have is finding ag teachers. So that is a big, big hurdle we have. And that's just not in Iowa. That's across the board. You know, I th- we had turnover. I think we got 70 new positions or 70 positions open, you know, or being transferred this year. And that's people that's already teachers moving to a different spot or ag educators just leaving the profession all 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 together. We see a lot go to industry because industry is hurting for people as well. And, you know, ag teachers usually make very, very good employees. They're used to uh, working hard, being dedicated, and it takes a very special person to be an ag teacher. So we try to keep them in the profession best we can. And we do, we've do. we done that through, like, at state convention. We have the state letter of intent signing to become an ag educator. We've got quite a few students, I believe uh, over 20, going through the ag signing process this year that will walk across stage. And, you know, we always love to see that, but we want to just keep pushing that, the pushing to have ag teachers. And, again, being the son of an ag teacher, I know the struggles on the other <laughs> side. I've heard them personally, but – um, it's definitely an important, important profession for us. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, like you said, the struggles probably with ag educators mirrors that of education in general, yeah, right? Yep, the, the, yep. the trend and the challenges with that. So hopefully, uh, hopefully they can fill the need and, and continue the growth mm-hmm. in, in FFA that you've seen over these past several years. So, you know, looking at this, like I said, I, th- I think you said earlier, there, you've got a little bit of... Uh, there's a little bit of reflective time here because you're coming to the end of your term. So what I would ask is uh, when you think about FFA in general, I mean, what are your what are your fondest memories of the time you've spent here from, you know, again, junior high age to where you are today? When you mm-hmm. think about that, what's, what's the things that stick out in your mind? As a general statement, the thing that sticks out in my mind is never like winning a competition or anything like that. I have fond memories of doing something like that, but it's the people along the way. Like... Like last year, for example, you know, seeing my team retire, you know, they had to walk away from the organization, move on to the next thing in life, which is good, and we're still close, but, like, it's kind of tugs at your heart, you know, to see them go, and you're kind of staying, and 
you're trying to board, onboard a new team and I don't know it, it was it was really hard but it, it's definitely something that they become your family you know and that goes for pretty much everyone you know they become your family they mean so much to you at that point but yeah I, it, it'll be uh one, one of those memories would have to be definitely when I got elected state president last year kind of getting dogpiled by my teammates and you know that, that's been pretty neat um Seeing my brother get elected to state office this last year was oh, cool. was a lot of fun for me, and uh, my sister's now coming up through through the ranks has been a lot of fun from an older brother's standpoint of seeing them succeed as well, and definitely something I'm going to miss. So you know when I I all look back on it, I was pretty lucky. You know I was very very lucky. Had very supportive parents that helped me get me through this. Um, Dad's been <laughs> farming kind of by himself um, or just with my sisters, and he hasn't had us boys around this last uh, year or two. So, you know, allowing us to have that time to grow in this organization and to try to want to be more and explore and whatnot. And so I'm thankful for all that. So it's going to be bittersweet in two weeks when it's all over, but uh, I definitely no regrets looking back. Well, my guess is they won't lose your number, Sam. Yeah. You know, <laughs> great, great leaders uh, are in, are in high demand no matter what. So uh, I'm sure they'll be, they'll be, they'll be calling you and, and looking for some, some help from time to time. I hope so. <laughs> so talking about today, so currently you're at Iowa State University mm-hmm. and you're majoring in? Uh, double majoring in agronomy and animal science currently. Okay. And uh, so what, what's the short term for you look like? So you're in your second year at Iowa State. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you're going to be coming off the board here. And uh, so short term, long term, what do you, what do you want to do? So short, short term, as far as like, you know, the next step is to get involved heavily at a college level. How can I help working as a past officer? I want to graduate with those two degrees. And then I, I want to return to the southwest Iowa area. So like I think I mentioned earlier, 2019, we started uh, Martin Custom Ag down in the Shenandoah area. Started with an hydrist. Um, now we do vertical tillage, UAN, do a little harvesting and planting as well. So I want to get back there. I want to return home in the next three years or so. want to get back there. Probably have to work off-farm uh, where that is. Not for sure right now. Um, I do have an internship with uh, Balance Forward and, you know, maybe something there. You know, it's a cattle feeding and consultant company. So that would be kind of be the path I might want to go, you know, but trying to keep my options open in that regard. Ultimate goal, though, is to end up in the southwest Iowa area in the rural community that I grew up in. Uh, that's where I, w- I would like to raise a family there as far as long term goes. I think it's a good place. Rural America is a good place to get old <laughs> in a way <laughs> and, you know, grow the family operation a lot. Like, it, we're I, the farming has my dad had me a tractor when I was six months old and I, I never really got out of the tractor in a way not in my heart at least so that's where I want to end end up at. So um, looking back on this, what would what would you tell your uh, you know thirteen or fourteen year old self about this journey you're about to be on? That's that's a hard question. I would say if I was to tell myself anything, humility goes a long ways, and that. You know, soak it all in. Don't take don't take one conference. Don't take one moment. Don't take one car ride for granted because you're gonna look back and it's all gonna be over. And you know, the last eight years or so of being an FFA, and I'll never never have a blue jacket on again. And that's gonna kind of hit hard and be a reality. But that that's that. So 
try to soak it in and uh, stay humble all the way through it is the thing that I would tell 13 or 14 year old me and laugh. (laughs) I guess when things get hard, just laugh. It's a good thing to do. Well, you know, Sam, Stein has been a proud supporter of Iowa FFA for a really long time. And, uh, it's through the, through the efforts of folks like you, the organization remains as strong as it is. So with that, you know, just thanks for, for all your service you've done for Iowa FFA and for your local level and your state level and, and certainly helping make the national organization stronger. We appreciate uh, the effort and uh, wish you the best of luck next week with uh, convention. Best of luck in your future endeavors and uh, just really enjoyed having you on the podcast today. Thank you, David. I, I really appreciate it and all the support Stein Seed has given FFA over the years. Well, that's our time for today. I'd like to thank our guests and listeners for joining us on another episode of the Stein Seedcast. We'll be back again soon with more expert interviews and insights about all things Stein. And to never miss an episode, subscribe to the Stein Seedcast wherever podcasts are found. Subscribe to the Stein Seedcast wherever podcasts are found. To learn more about Stein and its elite corn and soybean genetics, visit steinseed.com. Stein has yield.